the True Crime Podcast. Some of the content on this show might be too graphic for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi guys and welcome to Crime Wives. I'm your host Veronica. And I'm your host Destiny. And before we get to the crimey stuff, we'd like to request you to do a thing. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, if you could go rate or review... I'm sorry, what? Waboo! <laughs> if you could go rate or review, or both, our show, wherever you're listening to this right now, uh, it would do us a huge favor. Uh, some stars would be cool, like five stars, leaving us an honest opinion. If you do any of that, we will shout you out on the show. And then, if you haven't already, and you really like us and you want to connect with us, or get notifications, or updates, or just, like, be our friend... You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitter at Crime Wives at Podcast. I noticed this week that we've been getting a lot of likes on our Facebook, and I don't do... I did, too. I don't do a ton to that page, but I'm like, okay, I forgot about... You're like, okay, I'll post everything this. to you. Yeah, so thanks. Which, I mean, we probably should, but it's... Yeah. I mean, it we, is what it is. We definitely should, but I also feel like, oh, there's not... Like, people don't talk on there. I don't need to do anything to it, but then we get all these likes, yeah. and I'm like, okay, hi, Facebook friends, so... You're like, we are sorry if we neglected you, is we, what we're trying to say. That's exactly what I'm trying to say, <laughs> and so thank you for that. Um, and then if there's anything you ever want to hear us cover or talk about or you've got some random facts, um, you can either like send us a Facebook message or Instagram message or you can email us at crimewivespodcast at gmail.com. Also, we are currently saving to get some better mics to bring you a better sound quality experience, which is fun for me to read every time I say it. <laughs> uh, so if you are interested in donating to the show, if you're not interested but you're interested in us and you love us, you can click the um, link in our Instagram bio or download the Anchor app and um, you can give us a little bit of money so that we can get some better mics for you. If you've already done either of those things, we love you. You're the best. We appreciate you. And then lastly, if you're new here and don't know how this show works, the next part is where we talk about ourselves for around but not limited to <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> Disclaimer. We'll, we'll say 10-ish minutes, um, but it's mostly because we only see each other like once a week and we like need to catch up on stuff and so we do it on our show. Not sorry. But if you don't want to hear any of that stuff where we just talk about our regular lives, fast forward to the part where you hear beep 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 again. And on that note, hi. Hello, how are you? I am great, great, great. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. You having a good week? What's yeah. going on with you? Um Am I going am I am I just talking about myself first? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah whatever. <laughs> Hi, hello. Um I Oh no. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's about me. It's all about me. All right, I figured. You know, sometimes you make me question myself, so I just want to do whatever you say that we're supposed to <laughs> Don't do. listen to me. I wasn't even going to argue. I was like, no, she's for sure right. <laughs> I was real confident in saying that and looking at you, but... I'm like, oh, I got to talk now. Yeah, and then I was 100% wrong. So. It's probably because we don't, we don't have any cool content to bring to you guys this week, except that we're just living our lives. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I guess I watched the dunk competition what um yeah basketball oh that dunk, dunk. yeah <laughs> i was picturing like what? i was 
picturing a dunk tank. <laughs> okay. I mean, I would not mind watching that either. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I watched the donk. Donk. Oh, the donk. The donk. The, the, the donk to donk. Yeah, um, <laughs> so I watched that competition. Um, hang out with some friends. Yeah. Saw your husband randomly. Yeah. I was like, he was like, I'm going to go home. I was like, it's 930, old man. Yeah, he texted me after when you guys were leaving to go somewhere and was like, oh, they're all going to go to, he said he's coming home. And I was like, well, I was early. And he was like, well, they're all going to some bar. First he said all stars. And I was like, okay, well, you're not going? And he's like, should I? I'm like, yeah, go to, why are you asking well, me I like I'm your I was mom? Like, I was like, I can, if you want to drop your car off, I obviously can't drink, so yeah. I can come pick you up and we can give you a ride home. I don't care. And he was like, no. And so he did, he ended up just showing up. He told everybody he was going home and they showed up. Yeah. And we're like, what he are you text, doing here? He texts me. I'm like, man, am I a scary lady? And I just don't realize it. Because <laughs> he texts me. I was like, should I? I'm like, why would you not? Yeah, <laughs> like, why Why are you asking me? Yeah, go. Just go, you weirdo. And then he did. Yeah, so. and it was great. So it was nice to hang out with him. Um... I don't know. I'm, I actually, I, I had a mental breakdown this weekend a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. I, I came to the point where I'm ago. like, oh, I have less than four months until I have a human here that yeah. I am responsible for. Alex, what are we doing with our house? What's happening? Yeah. Freak it out. I'm freaking out and freaking out. And he You'll was have like, like three more of those before the baby comes. Oh, I'm not. So I'm probably going to have one tomorrow. That's like, fine. Have I'm one not, tomorrow. I'm not surprised. I, if I only have three, I'll be happy. So <laughs> yeah. I I did. I It came to the realization that like things are happening and I need to realize things are happening. And there's girls that are like pregnant around the same time as me. And they're all thankfully do a little bit before me, but I'm seeing them do all these things. They've had baby showers, blah, blah, blah. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yep. That's all you were. Do not gauge it off of other people. They look like they know what they're doing, but they're also guessing. Right. I'm like, (laughs) you all are overly prepared. I mean, and I know me. You know how I was at my wedding. My wedding was perfect. It was the most beautiful day, and everyone was like, ooh. And I procrastinated everything. How many podcasts did we record where I'm like, you haven't done what yet? (laughs) Exactly. My wedding turned out perfect. So I should actually just keep that in my mind because it's the first time I really thought about the fact that, holy God, I thought I might get married in a plastic bag. The thing about babies though is that they like just happen and all of a sudden everything works itself out around it. But I had Lincoln's room, like his nursery set up four days before he was born. Like, I, everything was okay. just on the floor in his room for months, and I was working just like you were all day, and i get home and be like, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> I put his crib together and then didn't put him in it for months because I had a bassinet for him. So I was like, nah, this, so yeah, don't even fine. stress. We're fine. <laughs> Literally four days. Granted, he came out on his due date, so we'll... I, like, in my brain was like, I'm sure I have more time. You don't have a baby on your due date. So three days before. But you know what? Three days. I so mean, hey, you that's have three months. days in advance. Yeah. 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 I'm like, as long as it's all done by the end of May. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's fine. Well. It's fine. I'm fine. I'll be fine. But I'm sure I'll go through the fact where <laughs> I'm fine. like. I'm fine. It's, I'm like that little um, the me, gif the that's like, meme. yeah, the fire all around you. I'm fine. It's okay. I'm I, think, right. I'm I think that was you Eyes referenced that meme right before your wedding, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's my life. My life in a meme is that. It's that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is what has been happening with me. Well, good, good. It means that it's all the things that are supposed to happen are happening in your brain. <laughs> It'd be weird if you were like, no, it's fine. I'm not actually I was thinking having... about it today, and I – no, I, that being said, what you're about to say, I was like, I could be – I 
I could imagine myself being one of those people. It's like, I'm not pregnant. What do you, like fully walking around eight months pregnant, being like, it's not going to come out. I'm fine. We're fine. This baby's living in here. Yeah, what are you talking about? We got plenty of time. And Alex is like, you're insane. I kept saying that too. And then my water broke in my house. And I was like, either I peed my pants. Or I'm screwed. Baby's coming. Oh, I'm screwed. Time well, to go. Uh, the office. Alex was like, you're going to be like Pam on the office where she's going to be in denial <laughs> yes. about the fact that she's going into freaking labor. And she I was just like, like yeah. oh. She's <laughs> like, nope, nope. Got to make it to that mark. That midnight episode mark. is so stressful. Yeah. After you've had a baby, you understand. Oh, yeah, I don't. But I mean, I can imagine if I was at that point, I'd be like, yeah, get me to the hospital. Yeah, things aren't going. Yeah, no, that's. So kinda, there yeah. I am. What about you? <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'm anything else more. In fact, on the way here, I was like, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to... Jeez, I am so boring. I've <laughs> ran out of things to talk about, except that I am really obsessed with some shows right now. And usually, A, I'm not a show person. When people ask me, I'm like, have you seen this and this? I'm always like, no, I don't know why, but ever since I have had Lincoln, I like can't keep up with shows. So instead of overwhelming myself with keeping up with them... I stopped watching them for like three years. <laughs> Straight like, up. Mm, boycott. Yeah, I'd watch like one show a year on Netflix. Like Ozark was like the last. So that being said, I Travis is the opposite where he will be watching three shows at one time. He's got two books he's listening to. He's listening oh, to wow. Harry Potter and another book like off and on and it stresses me You guys out. are both really into audiobooks, aren't yes. you? Yes. I, I, well, after I had Lincoln, I... They're, you're just feeding a baby with your boob and you're just stuck doing nothing for so long, but you can't do anything loud or else the baby wakes up. So I got real into So have you always been in, because I'm like, I read. I just yeah, read. I'm I've, like a straight I have reader. Tons of books used to always read. Had Lincoln, I, well, also like the first year of his life, I'd be sitting there just trying to read a book and he'd like knock it out of my hand or he'd pull so on it. So you're like, headphones crying. it is. Because you can do two things at once. You can be a mom, just a quiet mom, where you're like, eh, and listen to somebody. <laughs> I always listen to murder books. So I'm always like, and then they find a dead body. Baby, baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> baby, baby. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and in fact, uh, Audible's like doing something right now. If you read three books by the end of March 17th, you get a $20 Amazon gift card. So I've also been reading. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So I can't remember if you have HBO or not. Do you? I do. You gotta watch The Outsider. I mean, it's if it's like the episodes are really long, but it is presented like a freaking true crime story. I feel like you. We've definitely talked about this. Yes. On this. I mean, sure on this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so please watch it. Okay. We, I think I have like one episode. Left. I'm watching Succession on HBO too. Oh. So that's pretty good. Yeah. But so maybe when I'm done, when I oh not maybe. Yes. When I'm done with Succession, <laughs> I'll check it out. Yeah. I mean, it's a little creepy, but um, it's so so well done. That and Cheer, but. Cheer is like a palate cleanser after we would watch that, and then I'd be like, well, I can't go to fucking bed right now. <laughs> so. Can you put on the episode of Cheer? Let's go. Yeah. Me and Alex have been watching Drunken History. Drunk History. Oh, yeah. So we're just like, because it's on Hulu, uh-huh. like all the seasons now, and we're like, well, let's just watch it. And uh, I'm like, this is ridiculous, but I love it. Yeah, that's also another palate cleanser, which is on Hulu, is Bob's Burgers. If I, we watch a scary one <laughs> or a weird one where I'm like, I will have nightmares, put on Bob's Burgers, and I'm like, I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. We're all right. <laughs> yeah. So, opposed to, or aside from what I'm doing this week, I just thought I'd come and be like, you gotta listen to this. Oh, oh, oh. This is completely just a podcast shout out for no reason, but it's another 
palate cleanser that if you don't listen to, it's I secretly recorded my boyfriend. It is the funniest. You told me about that a little yes. bit. Yes, and I've um they've I've I've like they have the way that they do it is for write a review. They just want you to put the last text that your spouse or significant other sent you, and they're um they're somewhere in England, <laughs> London. <laughs> I'm gonna say I don't. And um, so I wrote in one time and they said what I put. It was Travis's text to me about poop. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <And they're... laughs> it runs in the family, guys. Yeah, All the poop yeah. talk. Yeah, Disney doesn't like poop talk and I'm real open about it. So um, I they shouted, they like sent me a thing and they read it on their show and I was like, this is a mess. It was so cool. But <laughs> I'm famous. I'm famous, guys. Yes. And so because of the like the Ward Weaver case, I, that was so heavy for me. And I was watching some other yeah. thing that I was like, I'm not even going to recommend this. It's so depressing. I had to like do some pick-me-ups. So I did that. You're like all the positives here. Yes. Also, still, oh, I, I broke it and I drank on Valentine's Day. I did have a glass and a half. Glass and a half? Yeah, half a, a glass and a half. Woke up the next morning, felt like I drank five. I was You're like, like I think Whoa. I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, the rosé was awful. John was like, you had one. I'm like, I had almost two. <laughs> My body can't take it anymore. Leave me alone. Yeah, so aside from that, I still am, I've been making a very good effort to try and eat a little bit better and also not drink. So There we go. I mean, I still had the one, so I don't know if that counts or not, but. You had, you had to slip up. Travis was like, no, well, I, also, I wasn't going to. We went into a place and I was like, no, I won't drink it here. It's fine. Travis was like, it's Valentine's Day. It, you have to drink a glass of wine with me. I'm so like, it's Travis's fault. So he made you. He literally was like, it's Valentine's Day. It doesn't matter. I'm like, but it's okay. okay. He's like, you're not doing it for any reason except that you don't want to. Just have a glass. And then the next morning I was like, I hate you. <laughs> this is worse. Never listening to you again. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I will the next time he tells me I should probably have a glass of wine. I probably still will. But... It's almost the end of February. I mean, I listen to my husband all the time, so I completely understand. <laughs> yeah. He told me to do it. It's not my fault. Yeah, it was a suggestion. So anyway, that's it uh, for me. Still still just in the shows and light stuff because we do a lot of crimey stuff. A lot of dark and yeah, dark and gloomy things yeah. that happen here. So anyways, I guess we should get into that now, shall we? <laughs> So, what case have you covered this week? <laughs> so, this week, the case I am covering, let me just reiterate, um, is, of, talking about this week? <laughs> right, is the case of Christy Pike. Oh. Have you heard of her? Nope. Okay. Never have. I, I don't, I actually hadn't either, um, surprisingly, because I did, I watched a little, have you ever seen Deadly Women? No. Is so it-, it has like three, it's a show on ID television, and it has like three women. Oh, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, they're like short kind of blurbs about like their cases. Yes. So Alex comes home last night, and I'm, he's like working out, and I'm like, we're going to watch this real quick, and he's he just looks at me, and he's like, okay, because every morning when I've been waking up, he's been watching ID television, and I'm I like, love are it. you getting ready to kill me, or what's happening uh, here? But also, yeah. this is why I love you. Yes. Um. So today, I'm going to be talking about Christy Pike. Um, Christy Pike was born March 10th, 1976 in Tennessee. Um, did I say Christy? Yes. It's Krista. Oh, Krista. Mm-hmm. Big let's, difference. Yeah, let's, it really is. Just in case there's a Christy Pike out here and she's like, hey, you bitch. Yeah. That's not her name. It is a big difference. There's a difference between my name and other people's names. 
It's like true. Veronica. Exactly. Big difference. I get it. So Krista didn't have a stable life with her mother. So at a very young age, like I think around four, she moved in with her grandmother. When she was just 12 years old, her grandmother died unexpectedly. And that is when it is said that she just completely kind of lost herself. Yeah. Um, and right after her grandma's death, she tried to commit suicide. Oh. She believed that her grandmother was basically the only person, like, in the world that had ever loved her. Oh, man. So, so she very... just put all of her happiness into her. Yes. So, yes, when she died, I can't. Oh. She, like, lost the only, per- like, the stable person in her uh-huh. life. She moved back in with her not-so-stable mother, um, where she was introduced to the party lifestyle, which her mom actually later testifies that was her trying to get closer with her daughter. Oh, so was her mom a partier? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so her mom was like kind of in and out of drugs, things Ooh, like that. Which is why she probably went to live with her grandma in the first place. Yeah. Okay. And um, so, like, it said that her, Krista and her mom had like smoked weed together and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Her mom's like, I was just trying to get closer and bond with her. That's not usually, like, the bonding approach I would take, but, you know, to each their own. Exactly. So, although primarily living with her mother, she went back and forth between her mom's house and her dad's, where she was kicked out multiple times due to grades, attitude, and ultimately, her dad did say he chose his new wife and children over Krista. Oh, like, did he say that to Krista? During, no, like, while he he testified. Oh, still sucky, though. Like, hearing that? Yeah. Like, hearing, like... Yeah, well, I chose my new wife and my new children over. My other family was better. Terrible. That's the worst. So, there are real people like that in it, the world. It's, it's insane. Elton John's dad uh, just yeah. watched Rocket Man. One of my closest friends, that's exactly what her dad did. I mean, he has other daughters and just, just like, doesn't He's like, these are my babies. And it's then, like, so weird. Don't talk. Like, it's I don't understand. Thing, like, I don't understand it in general. I under, I, It's way different if it's like, I just never, and then they never saw them again, or they, then yeah. they re-entered their life way later in life. Okay, cool. They didn't have any other kids. But when they have a whole separate family, that Fs with your brain. Yeah, that's just terrible. Yeah. I, no thank you. So I'd that's rather. just another layer on her sucky life. Yeah, it's just, oh man. These are her parents. Her grandma died. Oh man, um, this is so sad already. Yeah. Which, yes, but. I imagine yes, I won't feel as bad for her later. <laughs> Let's keep going. So there are reports that she was actually sexually and physically abused by men that her grandmother had dated and later that her mother had dated. Oh, um, Jesus. But there is a lot of doubts to these stories because multiple people thought that Krista was a pathological liar. Oh, so it's it's hard to... Man, that sucks, too. Because yeah, so, that's not I something... mean, that's something so serious. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So she ended up dropping out of high school and she decided to join the job corps. Um, where she was studying computer programming, and there she ended up meeting Tadaryl Ship. Uh, the T is not silent. It is not Tadaryl. It's like today. it's literally Tadaryl. I like when I was listening to it, I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then I listened to part of a podcast, um, Martinis and Murders. Oh yes, and they were like Tadaryl, <laughs> and they're were... like, "I mean it. It's Tadaryl." <laughs> okay. Have and you seen? Like, have you seen Bruce Almighty? <laughs> yeah. Whenever he comes in, he's like, it's a cross between, a cross-pollination between a daisy and a tulip. I call it a today-daisy. That's <laughs> all I think of for some reason. Okay. Well, Tadaryl is not a today-daisy. <laughs> I would get 100% assure you of that. Good to know. But that is hilarious. <laughs> um, so Tadaryl Ship, he was also in Job Corps, and he intri- introduced, well, what are words? He introduced Krista into occult and devil worship. 
oh, so just right into the cult and the bad stuff. Yeah, he's like, cool. Yeah, but this is what I'm into. To Daryl, like, sounds like, like soccer? a dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to I don't know. Dick. You can be into that kind of stuff and probably not be a dick, but we'll see. But, yeah. <laughs> so he had actually been into that type of thing okay. since he was 11 years old. Oh, so he was well-versed. He was also introduced to things at a young age. Uh-huh. So Tadaryl had a little shrine of the Satan in his room. Um, and Krista actually ended up wearing a pentagram pendant around her neck. Oh. Well, so. I mean, I know people that are not too offensive that wear that. Like, yeah. you do you. Yeah. But. Yes, but. We'll I, see. I just feel like we wouldn't be talking about this if. <laughs> if it was going to just be like, oh, you know, teach their Nice own. fashion statement. <laughs> so Krista started to almost get paranoid that a girl, 19-year-old Colleen Slummer, was trying to steal her boyfriend to Daryl. Uh-oh. So on January 11th, 1995, Colleen stated to a fellow classmate, classmate, oh my god, I can't talk. <laughs> I'm gonna blame pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kim Iloila. Uh-oh. Iloila. Only time I ever say her name. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, that, so Krista told Kim that she was going to kill a fellow student because, quote, I just felt mean today. I just felt mean today? Mm-hmm. Oh, that might as well just be it. Well, it's Monday, so I'm going to have to kill somebody. Hate everybody on Mondays. Oh. Me too. But. but I don't go murdering humans. <laughs> um, so on January 12th, 1995, just the next day, Kim noticed that Krista, Tadaryl, Colleen, and another student, Shadola Peterson. Oh, Shadola. Shadola. Mm. Um, that they were all going into the forest area by the job corpse. At which time the four had signed out, because you have to sign out on the log, uh-huh. um, to leave Job Corp. So they, the four of them had signed out. Krista, Tadaryl, and Shadola all, invite, all invited Colleen to go out to the forest to smoke some marijuana. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. It Seems was real non-offensive, by the way. And just be like, hey, we're going to go be kids out in the forest. Yeah, you want to go, go smoke, smoke some, some weed? weed. Like, <laughs> I wrote marijuana, and I was like... Weed. It's weed. weed. Yeah. Marijuana. Marijuana. (laughs) Would you you like to go smoke some marijuana? (laughs) If anyone ever offered me that. No. Absolutely not. In your van? Mostly because of how you say it. (laughs) You make me uncomfortable. In your van. So she, basically they were like, it was kind of as a peace offering. She's like, hey, I have some weed. Do you want some? You want to come hang out with us? Uh Um, So once the four of them got to the wooded area, Crystal and Tadaryl started to attack Colleen. Uh-oh. Uh, while Shadola stood lookout and made sure no one interrupted what was happening. Wait, quick question. Krista is under the impression this lady that they're attacking is into Tadaryl. Mm-hmm. So she invites Tadaryl to attack her? Yeah. Couldn't he just been like, no, nah, I don't think she's that into me? Or was he like, yeah, she probably is. Let's kill her. Let's wait. Okay. So the attack lasted about 30 minutes where oh. they beat her, yelled at her, and took a box cutter and slashed her over 300 times. Oh, sh- uh, this took a turn that I was not prepared for. Are you yeah. kidding me? So to Daryl. 300 times. 300 times. How do you even count that many on a box? Oh, I don't know. I didn't mean that. I mean, I just would hate. I'm sorry. Of course, that's what my brain wanted to know. But what? Like, yeah. Okay. So to Daryl carved a pentagram into her stomach. Of course he did. Um, later saying that she was a sacrifice for the devil. To Daryl is a to dick. Yeah. So mm-hmm. to Daryl was 100% in on this with her. Hate it. And then Krista took a huge chunk of cement and smashed Colleen's head with it. Oh, no. Grabbing a piece of her skull before the three left. 
So she literally hit her so hard. Like me and Alex were watching this last night and he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. this isn't, how did she hit, how did, how, how was her she skull? How did she have a piece head? of her skull? And Alex, was, and I was like, she took a piece of cement and smashed her head so hard that a piece of her skull broke off and she grabbed it and took it with her. Ugh. Oh, I hate that. Yes. Oh, I hate it. So the three returned back to the Job Corps area, signing back in that just the three of them were there. They didn't even, like, fake sign her name in? Nope. Oh. Just the three of them. Stupid. Krista headed to Kim Storm and started. So Kim was the friend that she had originally. She was like, I feel mean today. I'm going to kill somebody. Ah, right. Um, heads back to her door, dorm, started dancing around, telling Kim that she killed Colleen. Oh, um, cool. how Colleen begged them to stop, but she just kept slashing her with a box cutter and meat cleaver. Oh, oh. <laughs> and how they had carved course. a pentagram into her body. She then proceeded to pull the piece of her skull out and show it off to Kim. Okay, so she just escalated from her poor sad girl to mentally unstable real quick for me very the yikeroonies <laughs> i can't so the next morning when kim saw krista she asked um what she had done with the piece of her skull and she said it's in my pocket quote i'm eating breakfast with it w- with it like mm-hmm. next to it near it or are you like, using it, it as well, a utensil no, it was in her pocket okay yeah but she was like like it was a person <laughs> like i'm eating breakfast Me with you i'm hanging out with the head a tiny piece of skull yes uh-oh and nobody nobody said or did anything that was like um so just just, <laughs> just wait okay. so that same day krista told another classmate stephanie wilson that what the brown spots on her shoes weren't mud that they were blood and nobody said anything. She then proceeded to pull a piece of skull from her pocket and show it off to her as well, telling her about the slashings and the attack and her blood and brains, how her blood and brains were pouring out of her body. <laughs> and literally none of these people reported. I am unwell. <laughs> what the hell? I, I If somebody did that, I'd be like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Okay, gotta go pee. Oh, gotta go also, 911. Oh, my yeah. God. Or, like, Everyone any help other me. adult. Anybody or like, help me. Yeah, anyone of authority that's near me. Hi, can I use your um phone to call 911? Yeah, this lady over here. Yeah, she... The, bl- the brown spots on her shoes are not mud. It's not mud. Go it's mud. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? Yeah, so no, neither of her friends told. Um, okay. Yeah, so there's that. But they did end up finding her body on January 13th, so the same day she was having breakfast and telling everybody about it. Um, and the person that found her body was um, somebody that worked at Job Corps, and they initially thought it was an animal. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's... Oh, With man. how, yeah, everything had girl. gone on. But then quickly realized it was a young female. Oh. So, yeah, and they said... Um, Basically, there was multiple people from Job Corps that were like, Colleen wasn't even interested in him. I was just about to say, so because we don't really know too much about Colleen, like, what the hell is the backstory on her except that did, did Daryl, is that his name? Did he maybe instigate this? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. <sighs> like, in Deadly um, Deadly Women, it, like, shows him, like, winking at her and stuff, but I'm like, uh, yeah. this is dramatized a lot, so I don't yeah. know. But... But people said, like, Colleen wasn't really even into him. Yeah, so maybe, I mean, I'm not trying to put this on the dude because she made that choice and she sounds bananas. But it seems like maybe he's like, I think that girl's kind of into me or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's just, like, egging it on. Uh-huh, because he did the pentagram in the stomach. But, like, means... typically, like, 
I've, I've, we were all in high school once. People yeah. egg on. They're like, yeah, you getting jealous? What? Uh-huh. This is a little extreme. Yeah, but even then, if it was like a real flirtation, I feel like most men would be like, no, 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 there's nothing there. I'm not if you're an instigator and you're yeah. like, I want to make this person upset. Yeah, that's true. Trying to make her jealous. he's obviously very she's... not stable either because he's carving Aww. pentagrams and helping her with these attacks. He helped kill her, so he's the worst. He's terrible. I hate this. <laughs> um, so while officials were evaluating the crime scene, Krista actually went around the scene Oh. Asking what he was like, what's happening? What's going? What's going on over there? What, oh, yeah, like, like trying to involve herself. Uh-huh. As um, a, I mean, that's a pretty typical criminal move. Like, yeah, but I mean, typically, I don't think like they're like watching from afar. They're oh, not like, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's going on? What's it over there? Sound like she's like super good at making correct choices. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like she's really trying to hide. She's not no, trying to hide I'm, anything. The complete opposite, actually. So she might as well just walked up and been like, "You want to see the part of her skull I have?" Hey, I have something that belongs to her. I had breakfast with it. Dick. So January 14th, Krista was tied to the murder and she was arrested. At that time, Krista claimed that she had not meant to kill Colleen, but was trying to scare her. 300 times. Meat cleaver and box cutter in hand. And also you took her skull and were stoked about it. So we don't trust her. Uh -uh. No, no. (laughs) So Colleen told the authorities everything that happened. How Colleen begged to be let go. How she tried to run away multiple times. um, How they kept grabbing her and slashing her. um, Quote, watching her bleed. How they kept telling her to keep quiet because it was harder to hurt someone while they were talking. And how she eventually took out um, her hair tie, which I'm assuming was like a scrunchie, it was larger, Mm -hmm. um, and gagged her with it so she wasn't able to speak. Oh. That's, oh, so like shove her scrunchie. Oh, yeah. I'm so sad for her. (laughs) I know, this poor girl. She died in 30 minutes is how long that whole thing took. Yeah, well, and Krista says, so it says 30 minutes at least, but Krista says, yeah, it was like 30 minutes to an hour. Oh. So, I mean. There's a. That's big a window huge, of time. That's just straight torture until you die. For no real reason. Yes. You're, you're, her having a crush on your boyfriend it might be real. Not a real reason. Not, not that there is one. Die. Yeah. There's not a reason to just kill people. I understand that. But that's the dumbest reason I've ever heard. I 100% agree. <laughs> hate it. So at the end of this, she ended up giving a 46-page long confession. Um, and when her trial began, the biggest argument wasn't obviously if she killed Colleen. Um, but it was if she was mentally fit to stand trial or that not. That was going to be my next question, because was she? So, although she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, they said that she was definitely fit to stand trial. Uh-huh. And that trial came to a conclusion on March 22nd, which is my birthday, mm. oh, <laughs> 1996, yeah. when after just a few hours of deliberation, Krista was found guilty of conspiracy to commit murder and murder. Like, I think that, yeah, I agree with the borderline personality disorder but it also seems like she's just a bitch yeah <laughs> sorry a hundred percent not yeah. sorry she's no she's the she's just, just wait she's still the, she's <gasps> we're not the done. absolute worst okay um so only eight short days later on march 30th krista was sentenced to death becoming the youngest person to be sentenced to death in tennessee wow to daryl was sentenced to life in prison and shadola oh the right. girl that was like just there. look out uh-huh was sentenced to a six-year suspended sentence. Oh. Does that not rub you the wrong way, though? It does. It doesn't. I'm like, I don't, you were there. You were witnessing you knew this what woman was going get on, And killed. also, you didn't go tell any authorities. So, 
Not a fan. No. No. So since Krista's sentence, her life has basically consisted of appeal after appeal. Right. Um, she also at one time was like, no, 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 fine. I just, like, give me death penalty. And then she appealed that, too. Of course. Um, and then she also gained a new attempted first-degree murder charge while in prison. Oh, of course. Um, because she was charged with trying to kill inmate Patricia Jones. Um, she tried what patricia sorry oh. i can't even hear that name. Your, your, your name my alter ego if i drink too much um anyway. so she tried to kill patricia jones by strangling her with a shoelace and thankfully she failed yeah thankfully, thankfully. jesus so no she has no remorse there's no you don't need an appeal yeah. you deserve to be where you are you are 100 percent gonna kill somebody again like you brutally here brutally tortured and killed somebody you deserve to be where you are well and apparently there they didn't ever like charge the other girl because i don't know how they couldn't um but they're allegedly she had an accomplice there too and i'm like what are you doing to these people's minds like that you they just support maybe she just finds the right or the people that she knows will go along with it but one thousand percent she is very it's i sounds like she is at least uh i want to use the word crazy but i don't want to be offensive but she sounds Cray, cray. Just say bananas again. Yeah. She's bananas. Yes. And so I'm sure she knows how to seek out the weak ones. Yeah. That's what I mean by that, I guess. Yeah. Or the one like-minded yes. as well. Uh-huh. Um, also, on March of 2012, Krista started a pen pal relationship with Donald Cahut. This relationship had Donald traveling almost 1,800 miles multiple times a month to see Krista while she was in jail. And this relationship ended when the two, with help of a corrections officer, Justin Heflin, were all found out. Found out. Found out. They were all found out to be plotting for the escape of Krista. Oh, Jesus. How does she have this power over people? I have no idea. Oh, I will need to see a picture after this. So, I mean, she's pretty, but yeah, I'll show you. I mean, she's pretty, but she's not like, damn, I'd break you out of prison and kill people (laughs) for you. No, not that pretty. No. So, for this Donald. um, Such an endearing thing to say. I'd break you out of prison. For sure, you're pretty enough. (laughs) You a cutie. Yeah. No. So she actually wasn't charged with anything for this. Um, and Donald was sentenced to seven years for bribery and conspiracy to commit escape. And Justin, the corrections officer, was charged with bribery, official misconduct, and conspiracy to commit escape. But by no surprise, got no prison time. Of course not. Is, is she on death row? So she's still on death row. That's yeah. probably why they didn't sentence her with anything. Yeah, they're like, they're like well, well, you have a murder charge. You're literally you're the highest that dying, you can be so. a sentence. We're not going to spend our money. But you need to chill. Yeah, can you please stop? <laughs> yeah, they need to put just cuffs on her, take away her parts where she can talk to people, yeah. her parts. You are no longer <laughs> allowed to socialize with anyone. It goes wrong every time. Yeah, so, so bye. Don't have friends. Yes. Um, real quick, my sources were Wikipedia, Medium.com. I didn't get too much from that, so don't calm, calm down, people. Nothing, <laughs> I'm assuming things. Um, actually, a lot of her legal documents. Um, and then the Malice Factors Register. Okay. Yeah, so interesting things. But I was like, oh, and I mean, obviously everything I already mentioned. Martini and murder and then oh, yeah, yeah. Deadly Women. But this little lady was bonkers. She cray cray. I'm angry at her. Not with her. No, just at her. (laughs) All of her bad choices. Hate all of them. What are you going to be talking about this week? 
Oh, wait. Excuse me. Excuse me. So what case are you covering this week, Miss Veronica? I'm so proud of you, Destiny. (laughs) Good work. Okay. Mine is the story of Evelyn Hartley. Ever heard of her? I have not. All good, good. All good things. So my sources are LifeDaily.com, The Vanished Podcast, which I've listened to before. It's another one of those podcasts that's just like, here's the information. Goodbye. Great. (laughs) And then, of course, Wikipedia. My best friend. I love it. My best friend. Okay. Evelyn Grace Harvey was born on November 21st, 1937. The night that her story begins, though, because that's literally the only information I have about her uh, prior to that, um, is on October 24th, 1953, when she is 15 years old. It was the night of a lacrosse, or I'm sorry, it was, yeah, it was the night of lacrosse State College's homecoming game, uh, the school that Evelyn's dad, Richard Harvey, was a professor at. On this specific night, um, Richard's fellow professor named Viggo Rasmussen was looking for a babysitter um, for his 20-month-old because his usual babysitter was also going to go to the um, was going to the homecoming game, and Vigo and his wife wanted to take their seven-year-old to the game. So, like, I don't whatever this town, they all just wanted to go to. Everyone went to. The yeah, game. it's just huge. Yes. So, they were they were trying to find a random babysitter. So at some point while he's at work, um, Vigo Rasmussen asks his fellow teacher, who um, I did not note this before, he's a biology professor, who's Richard's, uh, is Evelyn's dad. He, they're co-workers, at some point they see each other at work, and he says, um, can, is your teenage daughter available to babysit? And I'm not sure if the Rasmussens had met Evelyn before um, or if her dad recommended her at some point or something, but um, she was definitely the kind of 15-year-old, or she's described as the kind of 15-year-old that you probably want to babysit your children. Uh, She was literally is described as responsible, kind, church-going, straight-A student. Yeah. So, yeah. Babysitter material. Yeah. She's not going to that homecoming game. She's going to watch her kid for you. (laughs) So that's what she did. Um, according to the uh, LifeDaily.com, Vigo Rasmussen picked up Evelyn from her house at 6.30 before he, his wife, and their other seven-year-old daughter left for the game. And then she was told, basically his wife was like, okay, feed the baby, put her to bed around 7 p.m. Once that's done, um, you can, the baby just needs to go to bed. Yeah. So um, from there, she was just going to sit down and catch up on her homework. Um, and she had plans to do a lot of homework because she brought seven school books with her. Oh my, yep, babysitter material. Straight A student. (laughs) So. I like it. Yeah. So Rasmussen's wife is later quoted, um, saying that around 7 p.m. she started getting a bad feeling about the house or about Evelyn, um, about what she was doing or something, but, um, calling home wasn't that easy at, in 1953. Yeah, no, no. And they were at the game. And she kind of did what all mothers do. You either sound like a crazy person and you're like, is everything okay? Yeah. Or you're like, it's fine. Everything's fine. You need to chill. But it's, you know, there's a baby at home. So so it's hard not to. You're on edge, but you're like, calm down. It's fine. It's typically always fine. Yeah. And I guess when you say 20 month old, you're like, there's a baby at home. But it's... It's like a toddler. Yeah. It's almost two. Um, And I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, to be honest. So... Anyways, okay, so prior to agreeing to babysit that night, Evelyn's dad had made her agree to call home around 8.30 p.m. to check in, 
and make sure everything was going smoothly. Um, I'm just going to assume, because she was a straight-A student and her dad was a biology professor, that, like, there was some strict guidelines in their life. Yeah. That's why she was the way she was. And so it sounds like she would always call at 8.30. Or if whatever he instructed her to do, she would have done it. And 8.30 comes and goes, and um, she never called. Um, so he began calling over and over. Like, he was like... He's freaked out now. Yeah, I mean, this it's is just not like already super out of character for her not to call. So he starts calling, and in an obvious panic, he decides to go to the Rasmussen's house around uh, 9.20 p.m. So enough time has passed here that he's like, what is going on? Yeah. Okay, when he arrived at the house, it was what I believe is, like, when I was reading this or hearing about it, it totally reminded me of, like, a teenage scary movie Um, because you're the babysitter yeah and then all of a sudden um, he gets to the house all the doors are locked Um, the lights are on and there's he can see through the front window and there's some like radio music playing oh her school books are everywhere yeah Uh, her school books are everywhere the furniture in the living room is disoriented her glasses are on the floor and he can see them through the window they're broken and one of her shoes is on the floor Oh my god. Yeah. And so it's like, that's the part where it's like, ree, 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 music plays and you're scared and it's the worst and panic and you're a parent. So it's just like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't so, even imagine. So just on that list of worst nightmares, um, he, so he's trying to get in the house, all the doors are locked. He creeps around the back until um, he, um, how he's able to get into the house is um, there's a back window that's open and that's when he realized that the screen was out of it which was lying against a wall and it became pretty clear that it obviously something wasn't right yeah there's also note in the podcast that i didn't put here is that there's like a step stool next to the window i Weird. think when he came in but the rasmussen's had mentioned that it the step stool was being used for um painting they were like painting a room or something mm-hmm. so it was conveniently placed, but a window is open. Like, it seems like... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You're maybe... painting a room, though, and uh-huh. it's outside the window. It's inside, but oh, it's, it's in inside. front of the window. Like, so he goes to crawl through the window, and this is only mentioned on... This wasn't on Wikipedia, but obviously not a lot of info was on Wikipedia, but on in the podcast, um, Vanished, she said that there's, a, like, a step stool on the inside by the window. So it was, like, made easy for someone to get out. Yeah. Kind of. But also they were like, well, that step stool is actually kind of by the window. We've had it right in that area because they were painting. Yeah. But again, I don't, I mean, it feels, if it's correct information, it feels convenient. Um, so he climbs through the window and ran around the first floor calling his, calling out for his daughter. When he couldn't find her, he goes upstairs. Um, her other shoe is mentioned to be on the top of the landing of the stairs. Um, and he goes into the baby's room and she's sleeping peacefully in her crib oh it's a girl (laughs) my bad (laughs) i forgot um oh it's a girl so obviously evelyn's still nowhere to be found panic just yeah like i had that would be fucking terrifying yes it would um, and then I, I also wrote here to like, it's like my side note, um, that I wanted to mention here in one story, I found that it said her shoes were scattered and one was in the living room and one was upstairs. And then in the podcast, she said one was downstairs and one was like 
almost at the end of some basement stairs. Oh God, basement! Which is Don't like the basement. Yeah, which I but because because there's not a ton of information about this, I am led to believe that maybe the basement is where he maybe came in from. Yeah, and that's where they were painting, and that's where that ladder would be. Gotcha. I kind of think that that's it's all just depends. You know, some people maybe it's just a downstairs room, and some people refer to it as a basement. Who knows? It's all scary. Yeah. So, what I do know is that at this point, uh, one of the neighbors had heard Richard, like, pounding on the door and screaming, and so apparently the first kerfuffle didn't get the um, neighbor's attention, but the dad running around screaming, Um, and then this is my rendition of probably what happened. The neighbor came over and was like, yo, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And Richard, Who are you? Don't know you. Yeah. And Richard was like, yo, this is for sure a crime scene. <laughs> so This then, is like drunk history version of a crime scene. Yeah, I'm just breaking down what probably happened real quick, um, but not in 1953 style. And so the neighbor calls the police. Uh, I don't. I don't really know why he didn't try to call the police from the house. I don't know if he was at this Shock. point. He like went back outside. Richard goes back outside, and he, um, and when they're outside, they can kind of see there's still things that aren't right. So they call the police. The police call or arrive around 9:45, and it's also not mentioned in the podcast or in any of these places I was reading. When the Rasmussens come home, <laughs> like it's like 9:45. I'm like, you're yeah. not with your other kid who's like seven, so shouldn't you be home by now? But who knows? The game was probably late. I don't know if they were alerted by this point or when they finally made it um, home because most versions of this night don't really mention when they came home. But I'm going to assume that shortly after the investigators arrived, they probably came home and were like, what the fuck is What going? is happening to my house? <laughs> and what our the... baby! And yeah, yeah like, oh, yeah. just panic everywhere. So now the police are there and upon further investigation... The police find more strange evidence. Um, strange marks were found on some windows, as were a series of footprints in several areas in the house and outside of the house. And the investigators also discovered blood at various places inside of the house, but, like, minimal in the house. Okay. And then outside, there's, like, some a few feet away from the house, and then, like, they could find more, and then a few feet away, and then, it like, it... To them, it seems, and I might I might say this a little bit later, but they, um, it seems like somebody was, like, picking up something and then carrying it and then putting it back down. And then picking it back up and putting okay. it back down. The police also found a pool of blood uh, just inside of the basement window. So I'm still referring to it as a basement window. Yeah. Whatever that window is, the one that they tried to get in and out of or that was clearly the in and out of window, um, there's another trail of blood that led away from the house and ended in a pool of bloody handprint at near, kind of like near, a neighbor's garage. Um, and that was only about 100 feet from the Rasmussen's house. Okay. So, this, so they bring in the scent dogs. I'm assuming that same night. They bring in the scent dogs, and um, they were only a, about able to track up to about two blocks away, um, which I think is an indication that she... or somebody probably said well she probably got put in a vehicle yeah and left but two blocks that's a while to carry somebody yes and um the blood type that was found at the scene all of it later matched evelyn so they were at least okay it was her um and so it wasn't until several weeks after this night that the Rasmussen's neighbors realized that there had been an alleged kidnapping that they decided to come forward with information, like, a few weeks later. 
What? And I'm sure, like, this is, like, my assumption is that I'm sure police were probably going through the neighborhood and, like, surveying and taking statements, and maybe that's when, like, other neighbors were like, oh, shit, the police need, oh. Actually, yeah. yeah. I did see some weird stuff. My memory, jogging my memory now. Yeah, so I, I was like, what, weeks later? But I don't know. So one couple had, and this was whenever I'm hearing this, I'm like, one couple had apparently heard two to three high-pitched screams around 7 p.m. that night, which is like a half hour, like 30 minutes after the Rasmussen's left. Yeah. Um, but both had passed off this, like, screams of having, like, somewhere off in the distance there's a child having a tantrum. Because, you know, during the summertime when you just hear yeah. all of that. I mean, it's October, so. But, yes, I've heard screams before, and I'm like, oh, who's child? And then I'm like, all right, there's no more screams. Child's fine, I think. Yeah. I have to hope. In the recording of the interview from the Vanished podcast, the woman who is one of this couple who's like, we heard. She even stated that she said the, the screams did sound like alarm, like, no, stop that kind of screams. Um, but again, they kind of assumed it was like rowdy kids in the neighborhood or something. Yeah. And then, of course, a few weeks later, they're like, wait a second, maybe those were not great screams, which that was my big thing. I'm like, they took this girl two blocks and she was just screaming and nobody. And nobody heard, yeah, uh-huh. or saw. And then, to just add insult to injury, um... Well, this one's also, there's just this one little thing that says, another couple had noticed an unfamiliar light-colored car that had been circling the neighborhood that afternoon, but this next part's the one that actually pissed me off. A few weeks after the kidnapping, a local man said that he saw a two-toned green Buick speeding out of the neighborhood at 7.15. He had noticed two men in the car, one driving and the other one in the back seat with a girl who looked as though she was slumped over. Uh, There was also mention of the two men being sighted near the neighborhood that night, walking with um, what appeared to have been a drunk woman. Um, Oh, my God. This man claims to have seen three people, and also near, like, the area that he pointed out is where they found the bloody handprint. So when police were like, bro, why are you just now coming forward with this? He was like... He said that he basically at that time was under the impression that it was just a drunk group of people who were coming back from the homecoming game. Which I just would be so... There is a... Like, okay. Okay. I mean, two... I mean, now, I guess it was a way different time then. Yeah. But like, now it's like two guys with a slunched over girl. You'd be like, hey, hey, hey excuse me, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, true. This is before the 80s. So yeah. the 80s taught us. <laughs> but this is A lot of shit 50. was going on. Yeah. yeah. So a few days after Evelyn's disappearance, police uncovered a pair of bloody panties and a bra in the weeds no. near a road. Yes. Not too far away from the house, which I was like, fuck that. Fuck everybody. Yes. I hate everyone. Uh, though I'm not sure exactly how far away they were, I, where they were discovered, but in the same area, but not necessarily right next to her possessions, but, like, it's clear that someone's driving and putting things away or, like, throwing, throwing things. Throwing things out the window. They, and... Yeah. So they also found a pair of bloodstained trousers, if you will, because it's the 50s. And then they, um, about four more miles from that area, they also found a pair of men's size 11 shoes. So, big feet. And then yeah. a denim jacket, which was like, I think it was like a small or a medium. It was kind of small. Um, and the bottom of the jacket had been cut off. So, it was like a pretty specific jean jacket. Yeah. 
um, and they were also discovered. And then the blood found on the clothes matched Evelyn's. So this is another, I, I know that like short dudes can have big feet, but let's assume that we see a man wearing size 11 shoes and usually they're pretty tall mm-hmm. and you're in your, you're in a neighborhood and you see one tall man with a 15 year old girl. Like, how can you just think that's three drunk people? I just, whenever I heard that, I was like, 5'11"? I mean, nowadays, like, 14, 15-year-olds can look like they're... I know, but... but you should see then... a picture of her. Okay. She looks like a little girl to me. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah. So, she also, I think they said that the, t- the time that she went missing, she was, uh, like, 126 pounds. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess that's a little bit bigger than your average 15-year-old. Maybe she looked womanly, body style, but... Um, they did mention her body weight, so I'm just in like, okay. So, it's around this time that police decide to do a huge sweep of the area and uncover as much evidence as is possible. Her disappearance had started to obviously shake the community, so when they asked for community help, a lot of people came forward to get involved. In total, over a thousand members of the local community came forward to help. Good, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and then... The Civil Air Patrol and U.S. Air Force were also used in the search. A vehicle inspection program was also undertaken with the intent of searching every vehicle in the La Crosse County. Uh, gas station attendants were even asked to check cars for bloodstains, which I'm oh, like, wow. oh, that's invasion of a lot of rights, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I'm obviously 50s, not opposed. So. Yeah, they're like, oh, what can we do? Um... And also, this is mentioned in Wikipedia, but I don't... Some, it says that recent graves were reopened to determine if Evelyn's remains were placed with a recent burial. I don't know why that would be a thing, but it got real cray-cray when there, there was a lot of panic. Um, I don't understand yeah. <laughs> why that was a thing, but... Maybe a tip, who knows? Uh, yeah, maybe. So... Uh, the police checked into the uncovered, uh, or the discovered, sorry, size 11s and found that they matched the bloody footprints at the Rasmussen's house. The denim jacket and pants were never successfully linked to anyone, however, mainly due to the lack of modern, like, scientific equipment at the time. And uh, they believe that, I don't know why I put the word however in there. Anyways. Uh, they believe that at the time, whoever wore the shoes was probably too big to fit into the jacket. And this is like, this is like some old-fashioned feet. Like, yeah. well, he's too tall. Because nowadays I'm like, well, nah, you can have a scrawny tall dude that yeah, can fit definitely. into a small. Definitely. But yeah, that was just their idea at the time. But they, I do believe them when they say they, they thought that they should be looking for two suspects. Yeah. Especially well, that's with, like any key witnesses, anybody. They were like, they, there's they two. They saw two. Um, they also, that, like, window situation, I feel like carrying somebody up, like, trying to get that girl out of that window on your own yeah, would not be that easy, but I don't know. Um, I guess if she was already hurt in the house, maybe. But still. But still. Yeah. Uh, in the first year following her disappearance, investigators questioned more than 3,500 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. However, only one, like, true person that they called a suspect at one point which this is this is far-fetched but this is the closest i was like what does he have to do in this story do you know who ed gein is yes (laughs) ed gein happened to be in lacrosse on october 24th visiting family however he passed a lie detector test and there was like no evidence showing that he was in the area but 
because of who he was, yeah. they, like, were like, well, he's a suspect. Which, okay, fine. Yeah. But also, let's not waste our efforts on that. Yeah. But. Can't argue, but also... Probably. What do we have? Yeah. yeah. He was wearing other people's faces. Just saying. Okay. Shortly after the whole ordeal, the Rasmussen's family obviously moved away. Um, and Don't blame them. Yeah. Whatsoever. At first I was like, well, that's suspicious. And then I was like, okay, no, no, it's not. You'd have to be in that house forever. You're, as a mom, you have two daughters. You'd be like, uh, one daughter already got taken from here. Heck no. So, um, I would do the same thing. And, um, I put... Hell nah. Yeah, get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Evelyn's kidnapping led to one of the biggest, obviously, searches in the history of Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Uh, public efforts to find her have included the Charlie Project, which is such a good website. Um, the Saudi Daisy Roots Project. Um, which is a reward, oh, and a reward fund established in the immediate aftermath of the event reached at that time was $6,600. Today, in today's money, that would be $63,000. Yeah, that's awesome. I was like, whoa, that's a mid Um, Her parents later moved to Portland, Oregon in the 70s. Really? And then they are both deceased now. And then before I'm all the way done, I had to add this part, which I, they kind of talked about it in the podcast, but I was a little bit confused, and I need to know more about this. Um, this is directly, I'm just, is from Wikipedia. In 2004, a man named Mel Williams came forward with a conversation that he recorded years earlier at a bar. His original goal was to record the band that was performing. However, a conversation between two men was unintentionally recorded as well. On the tape, one of the men, Clyde, his his nickname is Tywee Peterson, awful, implicated himself and Jack Goofler, Goldflair, um, an unnamed third and an unnamed third party in the disappearance, claiming that Evelyn was murdered and buried in Lafargue, Wisconsin, after her kidnapping. What? Yeah. Did they follow up on this? Well. Golfar and the unnamed party are now deceased. Although authorities promised to investigate this lead, no further developments were actually made. So as of 2020, no trace of Evelyn has ever been found. That's insane. I was like, what? I read that part. I was just like, that's the what? And wait, so when did, when was this recording? When did this take place? That was in 2004. A man, well, he came forward and it was just from years earlier. Before, yeah. So when so you could some record probably things time in, in the last like 20 years. Yeah. That's, I was like, okay, this is a turn I wasn't expecting. Need to know. I need to know. I need well, to yeah, know. and they all would have been probably like 60, 70, uh-huh. like pretty. And there's, there's a lot from the podcast um, Vanish that I left out only because I... I didn't, well, A, I didn't want to be like, well, I'm taking, I'm taking this information. But a lot of it to me felt like if I wasn't careful, it would seem like speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of notes about, like, there's a few other suspects. One of them was an Afri- African-American man that they later were like, uh, just one dude, no, and no, and no. Um, and then um, there's, I think there's a, f- there was quite a few people who confessed or wanted or like were like writing letters and yeah. saying that they had her all of that stuff I left that out because I just wanted to leave a story and be like but that last part I was like what yeah and that was on Wikipedia wild. that's a little wild that's very wild that's insane <laughs> yeah. yeah so there's that that case is wild uh I guess I should probably say that part that 
if you skipped in the beginning and you're here now and you missed the part where I said, please do us a favor and go rate us and like our podcast and follow us on Instagram and be our friend and donate money if you want to, but you don't have to, but five stars (laughs) is a must. Thank you. Thank you. And that's all. Yeah. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate you for, thank you for listening guys. We really do. Crime Wives out.